You're listening to a podcast from the Finnish Football Show. This is the Finnish Football Show. Thanks for joining us for another packed episode. Uh, there's three of us here at the moment. I'm joined by Rich. Hi, Rich. Hello. By Keke. Hi, Keke. Hey. Uh, I'm Mark Wiltshire, and Mark Hayton will be with us soon as we we're just bring you up to date with what's been going on, really, in the in the world of Finnish football. We're we're going to look at the the start of the Veikkaus Liga season. We're going to throw back a few weeks to the Helmerit and their World Cup qualifiers that we previewed uh, and look at how they got on there. Um, the Swarman Cup is not only getting to the, I don't know, competitive stage, but it's also getting to the more manageable stage where there's not quite so many teams there and you can actually track your way all the way down through the, uh, through the, the fixtures. So we'll do some of that and then we'll look at some... Uh, current current affairs in Helsinki, let's say that regarding regarding football and uh, and the two teams down there. Um, but I think the referee's ready. He is. We're ready. Let's crack on by looking at the uh, at the Veikkaus Liga season. Um, we've it's been going actually. The season's been going for a good few weeks now. Haven't been. Huge number of games. I guess four weeks and everyone's played four games from when we're recording this, which is Wednesday 27th of April. Um, and it started off quite low scoring, bar one or two results. And uh, and then it sort of exploded in the last few days. We've had quite uh, we've had quite some some goal scoring going on, but I'm sure we'll get to the uh, to the bits that you guys are most interested in shortly. Um, but Rich, do you want to take us back a little bit towards the start of the season? Um, yeah, I mean, it's um, it started very much as, I mean, in Finland, before the start of the season, there's always a kind of tips challenge where people suggest their, what they reckon the, the outcome of the table will be. Um, and I think the first couple of weeks of the season, um, Hoiko won their first three matches 1-0. Uh, Kups won their first three matches as well. And... I think already we were starting to see a few issues. I think was it. I think we were recording our last episode on the day that um, Helsinki, of course, manager uh, Tavares That's left it. his post. It was that. It was that day, wasn't it? It was um, for for family reasons, and the family reasons were the money he was getting from the club didn't have enough credit, and he decided to ship his family to Indonesia. Yeah. So. Uh, but uh, as we speak, yeah, after four games, they're, they're rooted to the bottom. They have one point from four. But um, yeah, Hoikold lost at the weekend to Inter 4-1, which was quite a surprise because Inter have always been a top-half team. They they won the title in 2008. They they were got down to the last game of title decider uh, three years ago. But uh, I don't think anyone expected them to go and, and beat Hoikold 4-1, which is a bit of a surprise. Um Oiko had, I think I worked it out, about 150, 160 caps, Finland caps, on, of the players on their bench. The Toivio, wow. Toivio, Purusori, 
Hostica and their new signing, Perpa Hetemai, who's returned from Italy after, I think, 12 seasons in Serie A and, and Bay. Um, and yes, it's really kind of livened it up. And it's nice to see again, Cups top, three points clear after four games. And um, Look at the Cups fan liking to see the rest of the field opened up by their nearest <laughs> rivals getting a basting. Stop the count. Um, <laughs> yeah, that's but right. to, to be honest, we've had, I mean, there have been some surprises. Um, Hucker have won three of their first four matches, uh, and Honker, who um, obviously did well in the uh, the Liga Cup, they have started. They've got seven points from their four games. But um, we will talk more about their excessive win against Asiko on, on Monday night. They've been playing their home games in Helsinki, and. Um, and this is the thing we've noticed in the first month of the season is that I think there have been, at the time of recording, seven matches now that have been played elsewhere from the team's home stadium. So, I mean, most won... half, half of the league games have been played at the Bolt Arena Bolt in, Arena. in <laughs> Helsinki. Indeed, yeah. And um, I mean, Harker hosted two matches in, in one day a couple of weeks ago. They didn't play in either of them. And uh, that was one that I think had a snowstorm halfway through and had to be uh, suspended. But yeah. Um, Honka and Hacker have started well, which is uh, is nice to see. I mean, Honka playing in Helsinki and, and still, I mean, there is now a legitimate reason for why their attendances are so dreadful. I think there are about 300. Has nobody, has nobody told the Honka fans that the games are being played in Helsinki? <laughs> well, they didn't tell them they were being played in Espoo last season when they had 230 turning up. But uh, it was tell, a... tell people a little bit, Rich, um, about the uh, Honka's home, home ground. What's the issue there? Um, basically, the, the pitch is dreadful. Um, it, the stadium's not great. It's um, It's been in need of modernisation and, and everything. And I mean, of course, Honker over the last 10 years or so have been through a lot of financial trouble. Essentially, they reformed uh, eight years ago now. I think they, they essentially went bust and, and went back. And this is and why that, they're now known as Esport Honker. Yeah, officially, yeah. Um, and... Um, and yeah, it's hard to tell why, because really, I think, again, they're a club with a lot of strong links in terms of youth football. Their women's team is, is doing quite well. Um, but in terms of getting the fans to the games, it's, it's hard to see really what the issue is. I mean, it's I mean, Espo is like a big commuter suburb of Helsinki. So but it's also one of the more wealthy parts of Finland. This Sutton yeah. was saying the other day, she's like, it's a disgrace that Honka can't, does, doesn't have a better ground when it's in such a sort of affluent area. I remember yeah. last season, I, I must have been the Asiko away game there that I was watching on TV and and they were like tying up the holes in the net before the game, almost like with mm. shoelaces, like you'd see in the park on a Sunday morning. Yeah. Honka marshes. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, it's. I mean, it's interesting to see that they're doing so well because they're not playing at home. They're playing mm. the home games. I think they beat Hacker and Asiko, so they've won their air quotes home games, mm. both in Helsinki. But uh, yes, it's been a, a lively start. We've had a couple of interesting. I mean, VPS played Lasty and beat them five nil. It was Lasty's home game being played at VPS, which is just again, <laughs> what what's, what was going on there? But um. Yeah, it's been an interesting time, and um, and again, we'll we'll talk about housing in the EFCO. But um, yeah, and, and we have our resident Ashiko expert to tell us what's been going right there. Yeah, okay, so let's let's do that because the season started quite well. We started with two home games, and I thought, great, we got home games against um, Hoi EFCO. I was I was confident we might get 
a result there. And then a week later against Hoyiko. And there were some posters around town about, you know, Stadi is coming to say Inioki and, uh, and trying to whip the fans up into a frenzy. And then for the first home game, there were just over 2,000 there. Um, and then for the second game against Hoyiko, there were 2,300 there. And I think I shared some pictures uh, on in the Facebook group of the, the Hoy F Corps had sort of filled that little away corner section and it looked awesome and they they made a good noise and then they disgraced themselves by throwing flares on the pitch and whatever but i don't know i was i was really disappointed with the with the the, the lack of people there um and what was interesting in those first two games is that asicor played well and played differently in both of those games so of course you're playing against a team from the top and a team that's sort of, as we're seeing at the moment, down at the bottom. Um, so in the Hoy F Corps game, it was much more attacking and it was it was keeping possession higher up and it was it was trying to sort of dominate. And then against Hoy E Corps, it, was, uh, it felt like... I, I, I'm not exactly the stats man. When I'm, at the sta- when I'm at the stadium, I'm there and I'm taking part and I'm... I'm yelling and messing around with my friends um which is what football's for so i'm not i'm not necessarily following stats but it felt like we kept the ball a lot we did keep it deep and we tried to keep it away from hoyiko and you could see there was a game plan and it was and it was good to see that there was a game plan it wasn't necessarily exciting seeing the ball going round round the defense side to side or whatever but you could see that there was a point to it and we had a few chances. There was an, at least one brilliant save uh, from the Hoyuko keeper. And we lost 1-0 and it's like, okay, well, we don't always get much from Hoyuko, so that's not a disaster. The performance was good. Let's go away to Cooks and, um, and put in a show there. And didn't, really. I mean, I missed, I missed the first half um, because I was seeing other football clubs at the time. Um, but Sato watched it and she said that we just weren't really there in the first half. And although afterwards she did say more to the point that Coops didn't let us play. So I think that's that's showing a, a difference in in the two teams from last year. Uh, and the second half was better. We we created a bit more, but never really looked like getting back into the game, I don't, I don't think. Um and then came Monday and like you said, Rich Honker are a, a solid, decent Vakas Liga team, and it was away. So I just thought there's a chance. It, it could go either way, but I would I would hope that we'd have a chance to win that, and just did not turn up. I mean, it was it was one of those games where we went behind in the second minute to a well taken goal that came after a couple of sort of opportunities to clear weren't really taken and the ball was was bouncing around in the box and it hit the post and then it was put away. And I knocked the stuffing out of me, to be honest with you. And and then we just weren't... It wasn't a good game. I don't think Honka were a five-goal... Five goals good in that game. Um, they had seven shots, they had six on target and five went in. <laughs> And three of them, three of them were the sort of, uh, sorry, four of them were the sort of goals that if your team scores them, you're like, oh, that's good finishing. 
So I have to say that one of them was an absolute cluster mess of a goal caused by what I call the Guardiola disease of the goalkeeper fanning around with a ball in his own box, yeah. kicking it badly short, giving it away. And then we just didn't defend. And this, this fellow just went sort of, he didn't even go waltzing through the defence. He kind of went shambling through the defence. The ball's bouncing off his legs and bouncing off the defenders. And then he sort of hits it home, off the goalie's leg, and it bounces up into the top of the net. And it's like, that was in the 46th minute. It's like, okay, game over. <laughs> I was watching with my stepson, Topius, and, I, and I've learned that Topius watches these videos. So that's one. And when the when the fourth and the fifth went in the air turned blue in our in our lounge and it was it was a nice combination of me swearing in english and top of your swearing in finnish together so it's a nice bonding session if nothing else that game brought me and top is that little bit closer together in our football support <laughs> we're all winners <laughs> exactly so and then and now what you get are let's call them journalists writing articles <laughs> Um, saying, oh, Joaquin's on his way out at Asicor, and, oh, uh, Sarriari won't like this. Well, none of us like this. You bet your life that, that Joaquin Gomez doesn't like this. Um, they've, got to, they've got to work on it, they've got to sort it out. I don't know quite what went so wrong from the first couple of games to the, to the next couple, um, but we've got a game coming up with Ilvers on Friday to, uh, to put it right. I mean, obviously, sense. obviously, you know, that wasn't wasn't a great experience for you, Mark. But <laughs> just from for everybody else, I mean, that, over that over that oh, last did, round, oh, did everyone else enjoy it? Then did they? Yeah, oh, it's lovely, I did. lovely. But okay. over that over that last round, I mean, you know, there's been some absolutely cracking results. We've had Ilves and VPS was a three-two game. You know, you had you had the four-one Inter at Hoyikor, and then you've had the uh, the five-one that you witnessed, but. Um, but yeah, it, it, you know, just goals, goals galore, flying in from all sorts of angles. I mean, did you see? Did you see Rich tweeted about actually about the um, some uh, some Celtic fans asking how their on loan goalies getting on at, at Hoyikov when um, and then the video come out of, of him getting beaten from that that shot way out on the on the right there that sort of yeah just floated into the net. But there was some there was some cracking goals right across the round, and and that's you know ultimately. Everyone's got their team they support and they want them to win. But that's what we want to see, isn't it? We want to see goals going in. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I, I, I know there was a little bit of, uh, of sort of talk about the Hoyiko keeper. But in that game against Ashikor, he was terrific. I mean, two or three really good saves. And they, they're our points without him, I would say, on that game. So He's, yeah. he's, he's, he's a good player. I was, I was being mischievous. but um, You, Rich? He's, yeah, I'll never. But um, I mean, it, again, this is the the problem is that um, uh, Hoyko have a goalkeeper who's finished and very young and doing really well this season. Unfortunately, he's playing in goal for Marihan, right. uh, young young Elmo, who's a Finland under nineteen keeper, and uh, and he, he's had a really good couple of games. The last couple of games, Elmo Henriksen. So uh, yeah, he's on loan, and and I'm sure when when he gets the season under his belt, will come home and be sold abroad at the first possible opportunity. Which is yeah. normally what happens, unfortunately. Um, yeah, I mean, it, but but then it's not it's not a bad thing to to go out and get that 
competitive experience, is it? If he's not going to get it in the in the yeah. Hoyu core team, then then getting it in the Vakas league is not such a yeah. Not such a bad it's, thing. it's a it's a good a good ground grounding for him, and you know, hopefully, you know, again, maybe you'll be another on the uh, the ever lengthening line of Finnish goalkeepers. I mean, yeah. uh, that talking of that game, and you mentioned it earlier, Rich. It was it was one one at half time, and um, and as you say, Hoyu core. Of, uh, of re-signed Purpa Hetamai and they um they they brought him on for the second half and thought you know it's it's one one we can we can bring on we can bring on Purpa you know celebrate him coming back home and and hopefully hopefully nick this but then into uh, into sort of ruined that party and um yeah stuck a stuck another free past um past our mate in goal there so um but yeah it was uh, it it was. I, I've, you know, I've got nothing against Oyeko. I, I, I like them, but you know, it's just, I just think it's good for the league. You know, see a few of these, a few of these mixed up results, and because after the first, you know, we we missed about chatting after the first round. Oh, it's, you know, as, all as expected, but it's nice to see, um, nice to see a few anomalies thrown up, and uh, and the league getting a bit more competitive. I think. Mark, Mark H has just joined us. Hi, Mark. Hello. How are we doing? Um, yeah, we're good. We we've just been talking. Uh, or you you left to listen to the to the podcast to hear my review of the uh, Honka Ashikor game. So that's that's you've missed that, I'm afraid. That's my favourite <laughs> bit. That's, that's what I was waiting for more than anything. There's an extra download for the podcast. That's exactly it. Oh. Yeah. Oh, we were just talking about uh, Hoyiko and um, Keke mentioned that Perpa Hetemai has come back, um, and I'm just thinking that because he hasn't played for yet for some years and he's now just come back to Vegas Liga we haven't talked about him much and there's more people listening nowadays than there used to be so maybe can you tell us a little bit what sort of what sort of player he is uh he's a legend he's, he's a he's a battling sort of tireless midfielder he, he likes he, back in the day he would get up and down the pitch um relentlessly at one point I think, was it even, I don't think it was the campaign when we qualified for the Euros, it might have been the one before, but he was the most fouled and most fouls or fouling <laughs> player in the uh, in the qualification campaign. So he was that kind of guy, fantastic on the ball, really good close control, good distribution, uh, could be defensive, also got forward quite quite well. I don't think he got as many goals as, as maybe he could have done, but then I think when he grew up, when he, when he started coming into the team, he had um, Roman Yarmenko ahead of him, Litti, Lossa, so he didn't necessarily need to get forward. And I think um, it was, um, yeah, it, when he stepped aside, we all thought, Jesus Christ, you know, like, this, how on earth are we going to replace Berba? And I think at the time, that's when Tim and Glenn Kamara started to forge that partnership that was so effective. Yeah, well, um, when he... He went. He went around a, a, maybe a similar time to Alex Ring, yeah. and obviously a similar time again to to Eremenko's exile. So um, yeah, again, I mean, there's a variety of reasons. None of them really footballing or age related. I mean, Ring went for because he was playing in MLS. Eremenko for the drugs, and and Purple went for. I think it kind of started when when Kosovo became yeah. a team, and yeah. that was kind of the, the reason why he stopped playing for Finland, which is a shame. But I mean, he played. I think it was 300 games in Serie A yeah. across eight or nine seasons. And then even up until a week before he signed for Hoiko, he was still playing and starting in Serie B. Um, I mean, he's 35, but to, to play at that level consistently. And, and, at, and at Kievo, he's, a, he's also like a club <laughs> legend. I think he did something like oh, 200, 250 appearances for Kievo, like yeah. 
both up and down. And he was one of the um, he was one of the sort of driving forces behind them. He was ever present, ever every week. He had a captain's armband for a couple of seasons. He was a real sort of stalwart of the of Syria back in back in the day. He's 30, 35 now. Um, only one year older than the Mehmet Etemai, actually. It's interesting. Um, and it's kind of coming back to Hoyiko, where it all started. Nice kind of, uh, I don't know, symmetry, if you like, at the beginning well, uh, and the end. It doesn't, it doesn't get any easier for, for Purpa because it's the, um, I know they're at the bottom of the league, but it's, it's the Stadin Derby coming up tomorrow as we're, as we're recording. So um, he can be sure of a, uh, I don't know if hostile reception is the, the right word, but he can be sure of an atmosphere. You know, I mean, obviously. Well, I tell you what, you... Kiki, let's, let's, in that case then, let's talk about the Stadin Derby. I was going to do it a bit later, but it, it seems to, to segue quite, quite nicely. Um so it, this is Thursday 28. I, I'm not sure if I'm going to get this out in time for the, any any kind of preview. But but let's let's just let's just suggest that maybe we do. And if we don't, well, then we don't. What what are you expecting, or what can he expect tomorrow? Well, yeah, there'll be um, there'll certainly be an atmosphere there. I mean, um, it's the it's the it's the fixture that, that I certainly I certainly look out for when the uh, when the fixture list comes out. And it's, um, I think it's the, it's, you know, it's glamour the right word, but it's the standout, standout fixture of the, of, the, of, the, of the calendar. You know, the two Helsinki clubs going up against each other. The fans, the fans love to hate each other. They love to try and outdo each other with their pyro shows and their, and their TIFOs in the, in the stands. So we can expect some of that. And, um, and yeah, I know that, I know that Hoy FK are, are languishing down there at the, um, at the bottom of, bottom of the table at the moment, but, they won't. They won't be going into this game tomorrow. Won't be going into it lightly. I'm sure they'll be. Uh, they'll be fired up for it with their new manager as well. Wiltshire here with a halftime update from the Studin Derby, sponsored by the 24 Pesula in Sainioki. Hoyikor took a, a late lead in the first half with a, a goal in 45 plus one minutes from Tenho. I'll be back at the end with a full-time result. Yeah, exactly. What what happened at the with their Liga Cup game back in February? That was that was the one that was played on like a Wednesday afternoon, wasn't it? Yeah. Um, what, what, what was the think, deal with that? What was that all about? I think again, when we're talking Liga Cup, it's um, there. Were, I think there were there were a lot of conspiracy theories, like it's the fuzz and all that. But let's be <laughs> honest, it's a municipal facility they have to hire, and it's probably the most. It was the available time to hire it. Because it's um, an indoor indoor event. It's an, it's but, an indoor yeah. arena in, I think it was February, when that game was being played. And to be honest, this has happened before um, across Finland. I mean, in, at the highest level, you have to have clubs hiring halls to play cup games. It still happens now when um, last season, I think it was in the, the Ukkonen, there was a game that was delayed by about an hour because the game, when they'd hired the pitch, they hadn't... the council local authority hadn't painted the lines so they had to get call someone to come and paint the lines before they could start the game so the game kicked off about an hour late so this this is where i mean i'm one for a conspiracy theory as much as anyone else but it's um it was literally logistics but uh, even so there weren't many fans if if any from memory i don't think it wasn't particularly well attended for various yeah. reasons and, and the fact it was on a wednesday lunchtime didn't help 
I think the yeah. Vega Cup is just sort of like that, though. It doesn't. I mean, you know, it, it's it, it is still that you know perennial preseason tournament. Depending mm. on whether you, you're counting it or not, that's when Rob Eriski got, I think, his hundredth uh, or two hundredth goal of his, mm. of his career. But I think we had a discussion that maybe we don't count the Liga Cup, <laughs> which means he's still got he's still got about six to go. Hey, if uh, Pele was still playing, he'd be counting <laughs> the league the Liga Cup. So he counted his goal in escape to victory. Exactly, he? <laughs> he did as well. <laughs> Um, and uh, Keke sort of alluded to that, that Hoy FK got a new manager. We mentioned before that the previous one lasted a game and then and then scarpered. Um, Mark Mixu Patelainen is coming back to the to the Vekas Liga, um, and again same with Perpe Hetemai. Um, Mixu's reign as Finland manager kind of ended just as we were starting this podcast so you know we haven't really we haven't really talked about him for years um what kind of manager is he what kind of manager was he for Finland and and I guess then the second part is what what do you expect from him in the Vekos League now uh well what kind of a manager is he is it's a very good question he had a decent record in Scotland before he picked up the Finland job and so he was one of the most sort of promising Finnish coaches that was that was out there when he joined the Hawkeye and then when he joined he sort of he came in sort of proclaiming like he was going to transform Finnish football because we'd had a series of foreign managers that hadn't understood the culture and didn't work out I think it was did he come in after Baxter Mm. (laughs) he was most yeah most famous for developing as Rich is sharing the Christmas tree formation which 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 we did talk about at length for the so I think if you go through the first six or seven episodes that we did, it was just you know Christmas why, trees. Christmas trees. Why are we why are we pumping long diagonals to specifically to a formation that doesn't have any wide forwards? Hey, uh, let's let's just let's just set the challenge to Charlotte, who recently listened through all of those old episodes. Charlotte, tweet us and let us know what episode did we did we discuss this in detail? <laughs> yeah. But, uh, but I mean, his tenure at Finland was promising at first. I think, the, you know, I remember back, at our, the highlight of our, of our lives was the miracle of Gijon, where we drew 1-1 with the world beating Spain. Um, ha, I don't miss those days. <laughs> Cause, because, because we, you know, we've, I think we've had far many uh, happier days since. Um, he got the boot when Finland failed to qualify from what was a really easy qualifying group. We had, I think, Hungary, Romania, Greece, uh, in Northern it, Ireland, was Northern Ireland there? was the mm. other one. So we had no big hitters, and uh, a lot of uh, Greece were on the decline. Hungary were nothing special. Romania were also on the decline, um, and we failed kind of miserably to get to get out of that one. So he was given the boot after a defeat to Hungary, and then since then, Rich, you're gonna have to help me out. He went back to went back to Scotland. Then he took up Hong a couple Kong? of international. He went to, no, Hong he went to Kong. Latvia first. So I think he went to Dundee United, Hong yep. Kong. Yep. Then he, and sorry, Dundee United, Latvia. Then he managed a club side in Thailand. That's right. Yep. And then he went to Hong Kong, where he left last July. But during that time, and I think while he was at Finland as well, he was a one. He was on the technical committee for FIFA. Yeah. So at the end of each World Cup, they produce a document and all these managers. So you've got Alex Ferguson, uh, various other well thought of people and mix and would produce this document and talk about how football is evolving and the styles and the formations and and everything so within those circles as a tactician on paper he's very highly regarded yeah. um but yeah he left hong kong in in july 
I think after they lost their last couple of World Cup qualifiers. And uh, yeah, it's kind of interesting to see him back because he uh, he was at, on the books of Hoy FK as a very youngster um, because his dad played there and there's a lot of family connections there. So it'll be interesting to see because he's not coached a club in Finland since... When did he leave TPS? Like 2007, 8, maybe? Yeah, yeah, seven, yeah. Yeah, yeah mm. long, long time ago. So, and then that leads us to what do we expect from him? So he's got a squad full of somebody else's players. He hasn't managed in Finland for more than a decade. And I've got a terrible feeling that Eero Markkanen is the kind of player who just cannot catch a break. You know what I mean? Everywhere, he, trouble seems to follow that lad wherever he goes. And it's nothing to do with him and how he plays. He just can't seem to catch a break. So I'm. Are you I saying mean, the mix who arrive in his trouble for Eero? <laughs> I, I, I mean, Hoy of have got, they've got a pretty old, I mean, if you look at the, like the, the, the players, they've got a lot of really experienced old heads, but they don't really have a lot of mobility. They don't have a lot of pace. I, I, I don't know. It's going to be difficult to see what Mixu does because he's never really been, although he's renowned for his tactics, he's never really been flexible with his tactics. He's always had a sort of version of a 4-3-3 or a Christmas tree that's played relatively narrow. And if he's if he's going to play narrow and he's going to try and keep it on the floor, I suspect that's not going to be the same, uh, let's say, philosophy that was brought in with uh, the Spanish lad that preceded him. So... I don't know. It's 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 a really tough one. It's it's hard to be optimistic. I mean, I think, you know, for sure he'll start working his networks and he'll start trying to build. You know, um, he he'll have to bring in additional players, and he'll have to he'll have to try and turn it around. But I, I think I haven't seen any additional uh, incomings since since the season started for Hoifko. I mean, it, no. it is it is it is a tough <clears throat> job because, as as Mark said, you know. The, um, I think that bloke was 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 Portuguese, wasn't he? But he's he's um, he, Mixu's gone there, and he's got a squad full of someone else's players. I mean, you had you had a lot, you know, Beto's hung about, hasn't he? The, the goalkeeper, he's still there. But um, but you know, it's it's I'm sure, I, I think it could be a bit of a renaissance for Mixu Padalan, and I I think it could be exactly what he's need he needs. He's he's been you know floating around at these sort of you know, Hong Kong, Latvia, yeah, whatever, you know, like, but back back in his home nation, you know, in the top league in Finland, I, I think it could be just, just what he needs to get his get his, his own career back on track. Well, let's see. Let's let's maybe wish him wish him well. Um and 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 let's maybe we should just have a quick a quick sort of summary of the of the league table as it is after four games so as rich kept going on about earlier coops are at the top with 12 points from four games which is quite good start to the season i suppose um hucker and did did you did you already talk about how good tim valoran looks this season no because i'm still my mouth is still full from eating my hat after last year (laughs) then yeah i think i said he did well to score three at the end of the season, and he's still going. Yeah, yeah. His, yeah. his Albanian holiday didn't take it out of him. No, but he looks. He, I don't know if you've seen him, but he looks trim. Like yeah, he's, he he's in. Yeah. He looks like he's in. He looks like he's done the work, and he looks like he's put the odds in, and he's got three, three and three. I think or three and four. Yeah, and so that goal, that goal against Asikor, from you know, that was a, a lovely finish. And I think again, linking that back to Mixu, 
Migsu probably, I don't know, almost certainly would have benefited from, imagine having a pre-season, weeks, months to build. Uh, yeah. And this is what you're seeing yeah, with, yeah. with Cups, have one of the most settled squads in the league. Admittedly, they are probably the second, I think, linked with same with Vasikov, but in terms of budgets and things like that, Hoikor, I think the two of them put together and then some, but Cups hardly made any changes to the squad, the playing squad over the summer and, uh, you know, just kept on and uh, Simo worth his weight in gold again. Top of the league. Uh, in second is Hucker and then Hoyiko, both on nine points and the dreaded Honker on seven and Inter on, on six. I don't, I don't necessarily think we need to go through all of those, all of those, but um, it's, it's taking, takes, does take some shape after, uh, after yeah. four games. Um, and we've got well the, the leading goal scorer. So all the, all of this uh, like uh, tables and and lists or whatever are in the in the show notes for this episode. So wherever you're listening or watching, there'll be a link just below, and you can see all this. But um, Michael Lopez from Olu and Lee Irwin from Haka, uh, both on four four goals from four games so far, which is uh, I don't think anyone would have thought Lee Irwin, who I think left St Mirren in February and signed for Hacker. I don't think anyone would have had him scoring four in four, including the one last week was, um, I think it was a direct free kick against Hoy, of course. He's come over and done well and um, yeah, Hacker are doing great. So onwards, onwards and upwards. Well, it has to be upwards for Ashley, it can't go much lower so far. Um, let's have a quick commercial break and yeah lovely Ooh, so i thought while we were talking about hoy fcore then we might as well go to the uh to the uh, get one, get one of those under your, get one of those under your christmas tree <laughs> <laughs> yeah very good very good um so again it's this new new design for for 2022 um eat one one for each one for each team um and it seems and it seems like whenever we do a show and we highlight this to people, then they're on special offer. So it's $13. It's probably about 11 euros at the moment, if I'd, uh, if I'd checked. And as I, as I showed last time as well, there's all these different, all these different styles. Let's have a look at... Uh, Well, that's not very interesting, isn't it? So, oh, let's have a look at the, the women's fit because that normally shows a little bit. There little you go. It's in all the right places. Yeah. And there's one for a curvy, curvy Ooh. fit as well. So there's all different, all different types there, and um, they're on they're on offer at the moment. And regardless of when you're watching this, there's every possibility that they'll be on offer then as well. So, um, as well as that, we've got our uh, buy me a coffee we've had another donation recently from someone who gets very embarrassed if we mention his name so let's not mention his name but thank you you know who you are yep um and the do the donations there to the buy, buy me a coffee.com links are in the in the notes it just goes towards helping us run run the show all the all the kind of ongoing costs so it's all gratefully received when you uh, when you make a donation in there mark do we have an a Sipuli this week. Sure. Yes, we do. Uh, do you want attacking or defensive? Oh, let's Ooh. have a defensive one this week. 
Okay, really simple. So Selka or Faro Selka is back or watch your back. And that is a direct translation of something like man on. Yes. So yeah. if you're playing, if you're, there you go. If you, so if, you, if, if you're knocking it about and somebody shouts Faro Selka, it means you're about to get hit. It literally means that. Behind like, you. Like, like, literally means like watch your back, doesn't it? Yeah, watch your back. Yeah. Yeah. Right. yeah. Um, okay, very good. Um, and we did that nice and nice and swiftly. See what the what the listener doesn't quite realise is how close we are to the second Champions League semi final, um, and I can see the clock is ticking. So um, let's crack on with the second half. And I thought that we should look back at the the World Cup qualifiers for the Helmerit and and look forward to their to their upcoming games. So we previewed these. I think it was sort of at the beginning of the beginning of April. They had two games. Uh, they played Slovakia on the eighth of April. It was a one-one draw away to Slovakia, uh, and then a few days later on the twelfth, they played at home uh, six six nil against Georgia. Now I didn't see the Slovakia game because can't remember exactly. Um, so who watched it and who wants to tell us about it? Well, I. I, I watched this well I say I watched the Slovakia game, but um I was watching the uh watching the feed from from Brutal there and or was it well I can't remember which channel it was on now. But it was on one of the channels. But um yeah, the uh the producers who were in Slovakia give us about ten minutes of just watching the Slovakia bench. So um, <laughs> yeah. so that was um, so that that was interesting. But um Every so often, you got a pair of a pair of legs ran past, and um, but yeah, it was just a just a, a, a ten minutes or so of watching all the the Slovakia coaches and uh, subs on the bench. But no, it was um, interesting game. I mean, um, again, as we've, we've said many times before, it started off started off all right. Um, then scored after just after I think it was just about six minutes. But um, mm. but yeah, Slovakia sort of grew back into the game, equalised not so long after that, um, around a quarter of an hour mark, I think it was, and uh, and yeah, and, and then every, both sides sort of huffed and puffed, and it and it petered out into into a one-one draw. I, I think, to be honest with you, I, I think Slovakia would have been the happier, even though it was in their own backyard. I think they would have been the happier with that result. I honestly think that that um, that the Helmerit would have been would have been uh, looking for a bit more from that game, Mark. Yeah, that first half, we had I would say three or four proper ch- like guilt edge chances where I think we I think we should have capitalized a bit more. So I think it was a bit. The more the game wore on, the the more Slovakia got sort of. They, they I don't know. They they seem to have a little bit more energy. They, they 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 started to close us down a lot more. They got a bit more physical. They started to break up the game, and after they got the equalizer, they were relatively happy with a with a point. You know, what I mean, they were they were sort of thinking, okay, we've got we've we've come away for the trip, uh, or or we we've got Finland who are one of the favourites to get, to go somewhere in the group, so we'll just stick with that. And it, we just seemed to run out of legs a little bit towards the end, so it was a bit of a a bit of a shame because after sort of first ten minutes, we were messaging about it, Gege. We were mm. thinking we're gonna have a, we're gonna have one here. We're gonna you know this could be this could be a nice easy day for us, but um, we just couldn't capitalise, and I don't know, got punished for it. Yeah, I mean, Anna, Anna Signal, she went with like a pretty tried and tested sort of sort of starting eleven, and um, 
we'll come on to the Georgia game, and I know uh, I know that you know we know about Georgia. They're not they're not the greatest they're not the greatest side out there. But I just think I don't know. I, I think there's there's something to be said for for freshening that freshening that starting eleven up a bit. Giving so a lot of a lot of the younger girls are playing some really great football across some of these leagues, and I just mm. think I just think. It, it it wouldn't be a wouldn't be a bad idea just to give some of the some of the younger girls a chance, um, you know, to to start these matches. Rich, I think there was after the um, after the Slovakia game and in the build up to the Georgia match, there was a lot of talk around how, in the last three or four years, that squad, and and that kind of spine of the team, the kind of first choice thirteen or fourteen, have been very very consistently picked. Uh, very few faces have come in. I guess Amanda Rantanen is probably the only one who's really got into that starting side. And even though she's not a regular starter, but um, th- there's very little churn. Um, people are racking up. I'm saying this is a, a, to the detriment, uh, you know, many, many caps. You can tell the games that they're prioritising because Anna does rotate the side for the games that either they expect to win or or for those in the, the mini tournaments. But there is a lot to be said about freshening that up. There's a lot of players, as, as Keke said, playing abroad all over Europe and playing at a very high level who aren't really getting a look in because there is that settled team. And I know there's a lot of mileage in you don't change a, a settled team um, and you don't change a winning team. But then, you know, if, you, if you're not beating Slovakia, there's still a couple of games left in the tournament and it's pretty tight to get that playoff spot. And, you know, perhaps... After the Euros, um, you know, I'm not looking that far ahead yet, but th- th- there really needs to be a kind of a push to get a few new faces in and, and some some younger legs just to kind of get a little bit of a boost into the squad. Those Euros are not so far off now, are they? So maybe that's oh. a, a natural kind of watershed. You build up to that and then afterwards th- there starts to be a change, I suppose. Um, the the second game was this six nil victory over Georgia. We we previewed this and we talked about this um, team ticket that the Palo Lito was selling, and it was really noticeable when you turn the game on. It was loud there, and I, I checked the um, the report, and it said there were around three thousand uh, people at that game, and they made a real racket. It was it was slightly high-pitched racket from having lots of junior teams there but there were there were lots of um lots of young girls watching the the helmet and also and also you know groups of of young boys as well so it seemed to uh seem to find its its target audience i did see this game i'm not i'm not a completely kind of delinquent finnish football show presenter i do try and watch some of these some of these games um and and it was quite hard work in the beginning to sort of break down Georgia. Like we, we'd seen the previous game that, that uh, I think Sweden had got well into double figures against Georgia. And I, I never back my team to, to to score as many goals as that, whichever team I'm, I'm watching. Um, but it took quite a while to, um, to, get, to get the goals flowing. Um, 24 minutes was the was the first goal for Emmy Allen and, and then it, in a in a way it sort of opened the flood floodgates there were three three goals then in in 15 minutes towards the end of the of the second half um and my 
it's difficult to learn much from those kind of those kind of games. That's why I don't really watch England play against smaller teams anymore because you don't really learn that much from from a game where you just dominate and and play the game. But I I know I really noticed uh, Emma Coyvis still getting down that down that left wing. She seemed to have a lot of a lot of speed, a lot of a lot of the ball, and and created a lot of opportunities down that side. Um, just didn't quite manage to get herself a goal in this game. Yeah, I mean, well, Anna went with a went with a back three. Emma was pushed a bit, well, a bit forward. We know how good she is going forward as well as her defensive capabilities. But yeah, as it was, you know, the slightly less threatening Georgia, we went with a back three and uh, and pushed those wingers on a bit. And um, and yeah, you know, six nil, decent enough result. I mean, um, you know, obviously they've they've been hammered, haven't they, Georgia? They've been hammered all over the place. But I think I think six is is a decent enough result. The, the, the starting eleven was was mixed up a little bit, and and towards the end, Anna did sort of did sort of put a bit of faith in some of the some of the, the squad players and some of the younger girls, and um, and let, let let them come on for a few minutes. And I and I think that was capped off with a an absolutely fantastic goal by Yenu Danielson, who um, I mean she plays plays in Sweden for Oikorn. And uh, it was it was an absolute belter that she sort of scored. There's a, a lovely shot where she sort of curls it in and she just sort of peers around to to watch it curl in the corner there. But um, but no, it was it was it was good. And you know, as you say, Mark, all, all those young girls from the, their their junior teams in the ground to cheer on the the Helmerets, inspiring the next generation with that six 0 win. So, the, you know, job done at that one, I think. Yeah, and and that leaves the table now. Um, one of you mentioned that it's that it's quite tight and it is <laughs> from second place down. Sweden have played seven, one, six. They're on 19 points at the moment. Second is Finland with uh, six games and 10 points. And then third is uh, Republic of Ireland with five games played and eight points. So it's, there's still obviously, you know, four or five games to play for most of the teams. So there's still a lot to play for, but Looks like it could be between Ireland and Finland to finish second. And Finland lost to Ireland back back in November last year. Um, so they need to they need to turn that around uh, in the next game. Try and put that little bit of distance between them, the two te- two countries, and and pick up as many points as possible. That said, Finland do still need to play Sweden again as well. So it's not it's not done and dusted by any yeah, any stretch. I think there's only two. There's, there's only two left. It's for us. It's it's, it's uh, Ireland, Ireland and Sweden. And Sweden so we've yeah. the oh, sorry, it is my maths. My maths. Yeah, that's the, true. The, the, the Irish have got Slovakia twice and uh, and us. So no, that's, they've, they've that, got uh, Ireland. They've got Georgia. Is their game in hand? They, yeah. Um, and, and, and I think they, they romped them like was it eleven or fifteen? So or eleven or twelve. Yeah. Double figures. Yeah. So, so, yeah, so by the time by the time Finland play Ireland in September. One imagines Ireland will be in second place then, and yeah, uh, yeah Finland. Will, yeah, tough double header. Yeah. All right, then let's let's focus on slightly nearer the nearer future. Can I just? Oh, go on, Mark. Can I just? Can I? Can I just add to what what Keke said before about Yen? She was she's one of the. She was when she she only came on for half last half an hour for a cameo. Yep. She looked a, a cut above to Rich's point earlier about the sort of lack of um, sort of. Uh, rotation or new players being brought in. Yen, who's 27, she's been playing in Sweden for a while. She's won cups, 
uh, she just she looked like she gave us that bit that was missing, you know, in Slovak like against Slovakia. So I think um, I was just massively impressed with her. Just I mean, the goal was an absolute peach as well. Very good. And we've we've mentioned already that the, the the European Championships are coming up, Euro twenty twenty two. There's been some really positive news uh, about ticket sales for the Euro 2022. The last I heard, and this was a couple of weeks ago, was that the the Euros this year in the in England, they'd already sold 360,000 tickets for the games. And the previous best was 250,000. So they're almost like 50% above the previous best attended competition. Um, and there were still big games to be sold to add to that number. So it looks like these games are going to have decent crowds. Obviously, I guess England playing at home in England is, is going to have an effect. With the momentum of the women's game at the moment, the, the increased interest and coverage and everything like that. But it's a good, it's a good thing. Um, Finland have got three games. They're all played in Milton Keynes. Some of us will be going. Some of us will never step in that stadium for as long as they as long as they live. And it's lucky that I don't live in that country and I don't have to make that choice. It's been made for me. Um, and and actually, when those games are going on, my parents are over here visiting him here. So there's not even the slightest temptation. Um, but Finland have got one sort of warm up game before then, uh, towards the end of. June with a, a, a game against Japan in Turku. Yeah, I mean Japan. Japan are <laughs> a decent outfit in the women's game, so that'll be a um, that's not a bad test, not a bad marker to uh, to get them get them ready for for those those tough three fixtures in the Euros. But yeah, myself and Rich will be there supporting them, cheering the girls on. So we're looking forward to it, anyway, mate. Yeah, yeah, and again, like I said, you know, the, the interest is there. Three, three games, as I say, unfortunately, all all in Milton Keynes. So we'll do the uh, Superman Four tour while we're there. But uh, but then, like I say, you know, um, the, the final at Wembley is sold out. Uh, the England's opening games at Old Trafford, which is also sold out. You know, which I think the two of them together is about hundred and sixty odd thousand yeah, tickets. Yeah. So um, yeah, it'd be uh, it'd be be good to see. And I think by then, I'm sure. The tickets will ramp up, and yeah, a bit of interest. It'd be nice, you know. It's, it's just it's been building up for a while, and Finland qualified. God, it feels like ages ago, there, doesn't it? Mm. <laughs> but and so just just to remind the listener that those three games are uh, against Spain on the eighth of July, uh, Denmark on the twelfth of July, and Germany on the sixteenth of July, um, and. I think we've just got time for a little bit of a, a Swarman Cup update. Um, I said earlier that we're at that stage now where, where, where you can kind of <laughs> get, kind of manage the, the amount of fixtures. And there are, uh, we're, in the, we're in the fourth round. Uh, actually, while we're recording, there's a game on tonight. So I'm just going to click refresh. It has it has finished, yeah, that's right. Yeah. And it finished um Vaza EF Core one, SJK Academy four, 
Which we means, all know what that means. It means it means it means SJK will win the next round. <laughs> will win the fifth round to get into the sixth. Which team remains to be seen? Because SJK Academy will now go on to play SJK's first team because they make any uh, academy sides or feeder clubs. And Vaza EFCOR has an agreement with. SJK as well, which is why these two teams are played tonight. Only the academy, though. So their agreement is with Asiko's academy side. So it is. If if Vasa had gone through, they wouldn't necessarily play Asiko in the next round. Ah, okay, Um, all right. But um, yeah, this is the thing: the the annual Asiko against their academy side fixture. I think this is now the third third year in a row. I think we've had it. Yeah, it's Um, a bit. I I understand why, but it's also a bit silly, isn't it? Well, I mean, I think there's like five or six ties like that. Isn't there? Yeah. In the next round, I think it's like, well, yeah, Yippo Yiko is there, Atlantis, uh, Atlantis 2, Ray Basla, the Ilves against Ilves 2. FC, you've got, Ilves, uh, yeah. Yeah, you've got uh, FC Orland against Mariham as yeah. well, Atlantis against their own academy. Yeah. It's um, a really special time of the year. I do, do love these ties. I mean, <laughs> surely, we, we, when there's so many, surely one of them has got to do it. Surely, right? Yeah. I can't remember. I'm just a dreamer. Sure. Yeah, I, I can't remember. I mean, just yeah, an old romantic. This is the. I think this is the second year. This is the second year that they've had this rule in, because last yeah. year it kind of came in almost halfway through, and they fudged it. And like yeah. from this year, when they've revamped the competition, they've said right from the fourth round on. Um, but I'm trying to remember if it's happened previously. I mean, we've had Hoy F Corp, like three against four. Uh, as you said, mm-hmm. the annual ASICOR match. Um, I think Hoy Corp played Clubby yeah. in maybe last year in one of the, when it was the group stage or something like that. But um, it does happen. But yeah, we'll be uh, yeah, really looking forward to just even, you know, if it is Atlantis, who I think play in the. Then the Kakonen against their academy who play in the division below. So even something like that would just be, you know, what a boost that would be for the young youngsters. And I guess we should just just sort of flicking through the the, the fixtures here. Um, give a little shout out to FC Interturku two, who are in the fourth round, whereas Inter are not, are they? Uh, they no, they no, come no. in the they, next they, round. Ah, oh, yeah, okay, they're not there they yet. Yeah, yeah of course, of course, yeah. All right, all right. I'll, I'll get back in the But box. your, but your your beloved Honker, they got they got Hoyevko. So the tie mm. of the round is it's pretty, it's quite an early draw for Honker and Hoyevko to get to go at each other. So yeah. Okay. Hoyevko got ten nil in the last round, didn't they? Ten nil victory. I think, all, well, I think is... all the six clubs who played in the last round, I think they all won. Um, to nil, and I think the combined total of goals was about 40 45. Uh, and yeah, because they all played away. Because, like, um, yeah, oh no, no, that wasn't true. Because Asikor conceded two, didn't they? Letting the side down again, um, to again. Apollo. No, 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 that was oh, well, that, no, hold on, hold on, hold on a minute. My mistake, KPV. Now, I, I did get to the bottom of this actually. The, the Apollo FC is affiliated to. Asiko Juniorit Association, 
which is not uh-huh. exactly... The People's Front of Judea. Isn't basically, yeah. yeah. I mean, obviously, the juniors from... The Ashley Corps juniors do have a pathway into the Ashley Corps themselves, but it is a separate organisation. But that's why that's why Apollo has this Ashley Corps. They, they never... They, 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 it's never mentioned. I, I didn't know that uh, until official Palolito uh, uh, listings came sort of showed showed that connection so uh yeah they did uh, they having having thumped the team in the previous round they then came up against uh corpier there from cochlear and they, but then they couldn't use their best player who was the manager of the team they lost to well yes yeah, <laughs> and I, I get the feeling that nobody had really thought about that until we mentioned it because it took a very long time i didn't really get an answer about whether he would play and then uh they there was an announcement like oh he's very proud to manage against the team he plays against and that was about the only thing I and saw. um and he was still in the whatsapp group so he knew what the lineup was and he knew what the tactics would be <laughs> I, some somehow <laughs> Somehow, I doubt it would have made such a difference, yes. to be honest. But, uh, but um, Apollo scored the goal of the round. Uh, yeah, it was a nice Mika, goal from... Mika Oyla's yeah. free kick. Yeah. It, it was. It's a very Pyrrhic victory, though, to score the best <laughs> goal and then go out umpteen to... to, to it was the tallest midget. Yes, it truly, <laughs> truly was. Um, so, we've got um, the fourth round to play and then the fifth round is when those those teams that are in European action this year then yeah, come in. Drop in, yeah. Yeah, and then that's it. There's no more drafting in at, at later stages or anything like that. No, you, yeah, you never know. Just, just put the panel leader, the panel might get bored and start shuffling, bringing <laughs> it, just throwing a group <laughs> stage. Fights or, to the death. Yeah. Okay, so with the final scores from here, the Laundrette of Dreams... I can confirm that it finished Hoy Fcor nil, Hoy Cor two, uh, in front of an incredible crowd, seven thousand one hundred there down in the Bolt Arena, and the second goal was scored by Radlovic Samokovic. <laughs> so thanks for the nice easy pronunciation. Uh, I'll hand you back over to the other boys to say goodbye. Rich, thank you for today. Good to see you. Thank see you. you again soon. Kitos. And Mark, thanks again. See you soon. Duck. And listener, thanks for joining us until the next episode of Finnish Football Show. Goodbye. You've been listening to the Finnish Football Show. You can find us online at finnishfootballshow.com. Remember to subscribe to the show wherever you're listening or watching. You can follow the Finnish Football Show page and group on Facebook and on Instagram. See the links in the episode description below. You can also connect with the four hosts on Twitter at Explore Finland at FC Sormi, at Escape to Sormi, at Kekimulo. Links to the Finnish Football Show merch stores are also in the episode description.